Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi Sean and Ellie, it's Anna here. I just wanted to do a voice note to ask that you don't hate me. <laughs> As you may know, my background is in dance and musical theatre. And I just think Star Trek is such a magical show that really leans into its kind of campness and traditional kind of that element of traditional theatre magic in all of its other episodes. And they've tried to do a musical episode and it is the most sterile format of Star Trek I've ever seen. Tommy has got many a note. I did like it, but let me tell you one thing, Sean Ferrick, I didn't love it. Here are some of my questions. Number one, why did nobody touch each other? Number two, there are barely any facial expressions. Number three, they all do the same lifts in the the scene with Badwig. I don't know her name. Nurse Chapel. Nurse Chapel. Number four, why is Nurse Chapel's wig so bad? They did her so dirty. Also, like, that whole scene gives off very, like, Hunger Games capital energy. Uh, I didn't, it was making me feel weird. Um, and why did they keep the sounds of the footwork in the choreography, the two counts of eight choreography that we got to see fully on screen during the hallway in the last song? It felt so McClunky. Well, it seems as though we're starting this week's podcast with some opinions. Uh, <laughs> hello, everyone. I'm Sean. We have Tom with us. And returning this week is the lovely Ellie. And I guess we're getting straight into it. So, Star Trek did a musical. Thoughts? I liked it. But I also can agree with some of the issues that people have had with it. I mm. definitely can see people's points. I do agree that there could have been more dancing. I'm going to say that now. Song-wise, they've been in my head for the last week. Definite earworms. Yeah, really, really mm. much so. Uh, but yeah, I definitely do agree that um, they could have gone further with it in terms of really pushing the boat out for musical numbers. I think they they went out with the, with the singing and the songs, but they definitely could have gone further in terms of... If you think about... Um, you're going to tell me what the episode is called, but the, the kind of fairy tale episode Elysian that we had. Kingdom. Thank you. 
think about how far they went in terms of like redecorating set and and changing elements costume to me musical says we're gonna go all out and i was a little bit surprised that it didn't go in that direction yeah Mm -hmm. i I agree i I mean so for people that might be confused i watched this episode last night with my wife anna who has a, a musical in theater background um, and has watched Star Trek, but isn't a Star Trek person. So I thought it'd be interesting to get someone who's watching it from a completely different standpoint than someone who's like, oh, look, it's Spock singing. And we had that discussion of like, I explained there was an episode last season where they did all this with the set and the costumes and things like that. And I think that was that our main, if we can condense all our gripes into into a main one, it is that it's, you know, Star Trek is this wonderful, campy sci-fi show. And it kind of felt like they just dipped their toe into musicals rather than going all out, which is what I wanted and expected in a way. Like they could have done absolutely anything the sets could have changed the, the amount of choreography they could have done the, the and, and and as well just with the actual music itself there is some good songs there definitely but it but it was all sort of tiptoeing the same thing which again i know was what was discussed in the episode it was about everyone's feelings there was no sort of arc there was no real story beats other than everyone doing the same thing i had we had a thought where Imagine if there was a battle, right? There's this big battle and the battle is a huge musical. It's like War of the Worlds, you know, you've got these loud, like loud, like that kind of things and it all the and it's going crazy. That's what I was wanting. And I think that was my biggest disappointment. Saying that, I don't want to say all these things and just sound as the, the usual man I am. I did love that they did this episode. I did love that they took a swing and that they are trying this. I just wanted so much more. I can understand that. I, I can. It's uh, so yeah. So we raised the the points on the ups and downs that there was a tiny bit of uh, a lack of variety as well. Um, yeah. That was. I know Chris uh, made that point that you know he would have liked a maybe a rock song to sort of break it up a little bit. And then we've seen a lot of feedback of people going. You know, basically varying support, not supporting that statement. Um, I think if there was going to be a rock song, it would have been Anson Mount because he clearly has that. You know, if there was somebody with a, a voice that was ready to do that kind of a, a song, it would have been Anson Mount. Um, Anna made a really good point of why does no one touch each other? Now there is the connect to your truth where they have the waltz, and I do like that one, but I do think that is a fair point. Uh, and then people will point to, but what about the bit where Chapel crowd surfs? And that is a fair point as well. But yes, these are moments mm. yeah. in in the episode where normally in every musical, it's incredibly inappropriate. Yeah. In every yeah. single <laughs> musical. It's just like, you know, ha, 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 ha. no, really, did they sign consent forms? Um, <laughs> even because like, we're, we're obviously, we're, we're going a bit deeper into it now. Um, if you saw the ups and downs, you know, I love the episode. Uh, I'm so happy Trek did this. Um, I think you need to do something. It sounds like I'm about to come with a big, massive butt. You need to do something like this because after Trek's been on, you know, on the air, varying for 57 years, uh, I keep making that point because, uh, you know, people are like, oh my God, if they run out of ideas, now they're doing a musical. 57 years. <laughs> yeah. How long are you supposed to wait? That said, Eddie, your point that, you know, they could have, dressed up the sets a little bit. Mm. Uh, and there are some songs that I think would have really lent into that, such as Laanne's, uh Laanne's song. Hang on, you were very, you were very smart at the beginning of this. You had the song list ready there. And I was like, oh, I'll yeah. do that too. 
Uh, how would that feel? There we go. Um, that would have been one that would have lent itself to a bit of a reality bending. We have, you know, the stars in the room or something. And um, uh, Uhura's um, connect. Connected. connected. Thank you very much. <laughs> Funny enough, that, that would have also been a great one to do it. And yet I really love that engineering set. So yeah. I don't mind that they didn't do it there and yeah. yet it would have been I good... think it, either of those would have worked so much better than the really clunky looking let's turn the gravity off and fly up <laughs> together. <laughs> that was my biggest issue with the whole episode was that moment right there. I was like, why? <laughs> What's that going was, on? That, that was my least favourite sequence in the episode. I mean, the song itself, right, it's very interesting because when I was watching the episode, I was kind of like, I'm not really sure about this, especially when that happened. When I've just been listening to the soundtrack, I can appreciate it in a whole different way because I'm just listening to the song as opposed to watching it, the scene. And that's what it is. It looks very awkward as an exchange between them. It's like you can tell of... they're on wires. <laughs> you can... there, is, there is one bit and... I'm not trying to be mean, but yes, there is one bit where one of the characters, you can see that the, you know, the costume is all bunched up where they're clearly in a harness. Yeah, that awkward um, kind of rigid body motion as well. It's just like, oh, it just, I don't think that was necessary. And if that was necessary, that's when you need to change the environment so that it feels more whimsical and magical and not just like, why are they floating in the middle of this room on the ship? Yeah. So something we discussed last night was what was that of like, a lot of it felt awkward. People's performances and stuff when doing the the songs felt stiff and weird. And then we thought, well, I, th I think that's the point. I think, you know, as they're being made to do this, it's not a natural thing. It's just happening. They are also awkwardly being like, oh, we're, you know, we're still our characters and we're still trying to figure out what's going on. But again, they, they could have played into that so much more. There could have been so much movement that they could have added of them fighting against what's going on and mm. songs dealing with them figuring out, you know, um, this thing that's happening to them uh, uh, rather than just a slight awkwardness that sort of was throughout the whole episode. Oh, I definitely agree. I mean, look, I'm not saying that I could do a better job than them, but when myself and Sean were doing our little little skit yeah. for the uh, ups and downs, even in just that, when I recorded my bit, there was confusion and like, what the hell is going on here? Why am I singing? And even yeah. then I was like, I don't feel like they did this very much. Like, even though I know what I'm doing, I'm like, what? Why are we singing? And I don't, yeah, I don't feel like they, they were just like, oh, we're singing now and we'll sing. Why are we singing? But we won't really look like we're scared by it. I mean, I was definitely terrified by it, but... Uh... <laughs> The other thing that I will say as well, I don't know if this is maybe me just being stupid or maybe it's clever, but we were talking about the variety of or the lack of variety of musical numbers. Could that have something to do with the fact that it was a show tune that was played at the beginning? It was Anything Goes, which is a show tune. So does that explain why then the effect it then had on them was that that was the the, the style of music that this was being reflected back at them? That's possible. Actually, to be honest, that's possible because, yeah, then that sets the musical theme yeah, that because is, I, I also yeah. wondered why there was no variety of of kind of music there when there could have been. And then it did dawn on me that, well, it was a, a massive like classic show tune that was played at the very beginning. And if it's that's what's kind of being used as the the catalyst for this, then perhaps that explains why it's only show tunes that are being being reflected back onto them. That's the annoying thing of this episode for me is that 
there are so many things that could explain stuff in it that I don't like as much, but I still don't like them as much. So I'd I'd wish they did something else. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> like, like you yeah. can't explain and, it away. And also, we shouldn't have to explain it away. It should be clear enough in the episode that yeah. we don't have to go. Well, it could be this, or it could be yeah. this, or it should be. This We're is now what making happened. excuses for them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the the horror song with what we were saying is, which made me laugh. Anna said, uh, "Why is she singing to an iPad?" And I, and <laughs> that, that that's the sort of thing with this episode of like whenever there was a number that we started enjoying, we were like, "Okay, I like this song. They're doing something slightly different." But what we're getting here is every shot is a slightly moving panning shot. And in a closer panning shot and in a farther away shot that's seeing, you know, the whole set. And yes, it's a nice set, but the lighting's the same. It's everything's the same. It's just the person standing still and singing. Yeah. Um, every song was also sung in like the exact same register. And, and we know that there are some great singers there. And obviously, you know, they were given the songs that they could really pull off in their range like the the um ballad by um Laanne, amazing that was i think one of her best performances so far and i think it really comes through that she is a singer and i was like wow this feels like musical theater the face she was pulling the expressions the the emotion she was getting through i again i wish they did more of the set and the lighting etc but she was doing so much with just her performance and i was like this is what I'm looking for, and uh, not just singing to an iPad. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what does make me laugh? Whenever you have a musical episode of any TV series or anything like that that isn't usually, it's so clear which ones are on board with the singing and which aren't. I mean, Mbenga had about yeah. three lines of singing in the entire episode, and Pelia, I think, had one line on her own, and the other one was in an ensemble, and I'm not even convinced that she was actually singing. I think poor Pelia. She nailed that one line that she did. <laughs> It did feel it, it came across to me that, and I might be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure we looked up like the directors and people of this episode, and they weren't musical people. Mm. They were just not directors of TV. And it did feel like the show were like, right, we want to do a musical episode, and then didn't get, I'm sure they obviously they would have had to hire choreographers and blah, blah, blah. But it, it felt like they didn't get someone who had a strong musical vision who did this kind of thing before, and they just went with, well, let's just see what we can do. Um, which again, great attempt, but I just, I wanted more. We, we did a lot of comparisons to Once More with Feeling um, when we've been discussing it. And I think when you compare the two, I mean, there's a whole scene in Once More with Feeling, which is completely unnecessary. And yet so much work clearly went into it. Of people in the street singing about <laughs> someone getting a, a, like a certain colour of clothing off of the rail or something. And they're all dancing around and it's so unnecessary but at the same time, just goes to show how much thought and effort went into creating the musical. And that's what I feel like is maybe slightly missing here, where they they could have pushed the boat out and gone completely mm -hmm. ridiculous, but they kind of didn't. I think that went in line with the whole why is no one touching thing of we have an entire ship full of a huge crew and it felt just sort of cheap and easy of like, we'll just film in this set and these people will sing. And like, we haven't got heart. We could have had harmonies from loads of people from the crew coming in mm. loads of numbers. We could have done. Um, I will say what I did like, but again, it was cut off short P Pike, his little bit, which Anna called FaceTime, which made me laugh <laughs> when he's talking to the thing on the screen. He, he surprised me with how much I liked his very short part of his song. Anna said that Pike was serving which I agreed with. 
<laughs> he the way he went on his knees, like he was giving it that campness that we were we were sort of looking for. I, I also will agree with Sean um in your point in the ups and downs. I am getting slightly concerned for poor Ortegas being massively underserved in this entire show. Considering I mean, they made seriously? such a thing of, oh, don't worry, she's going to get her episode this season. I mean, even just you could have thought about the lyrics a bit more for her character. Like, Ortegas is at the helm, the pilot seat is my realm. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a joke. It's almost like they're doing it on purpose, which yeah. if they are, great. But No one else was singing are. about themselves in the third person. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I am Ortegas. This is my character. <laughs> I do think they're trolling us at this point. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. She'll get her episode. She'll get her episode. Yeah. What season? But she's always, the, the thing is, well, like, she's always kind of, she's always there. She's either, you know, another voice in a scene or, you know, she's always there to kind of back up other characters. And you're just like, she got like two scenes in that episode where, you know, suddenly she's able to pilot the Enterprise again and it's great. And I I, I suspect an Ortegas-shaped rant is coming uh, in a future podcast episode. Yeah, like seriously, as soon as she said, Ortegas is at the helm, I just kind of went, right, so we're not getting anything from Erica this episode. I, 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 and, I, and I was like, I was like, no, no, I'm ready to be wrong. And I was right. We did find the episode very comforting. We kind of thought of it as like, when you're younger and you're flipping through TV and you find some sort of strange musical that you've never seen, that's kind of a bit silly, but you keep it on and you're like, oh, I'm having a really nice time watching it. It had that vibe. I do want to go listen to the songs by themselves because I do think some of them would hit better. Like I feel like the emotion will come through more from the songs themselves rather than then on screen. Cause again, we haven't got them standing around in this big white stark space while singing it so i think that would be interesting uh klingon bit great i loved it um there's been so much discussion about the klingon bit <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> i loved it i thought it was so much fun um the the director said look there was it this was the go hard or go home moment um mm. like if you're going to get the klingons to sing and yes i totally understand people going well, if Klingons are going to sing, give us opera. But wouldn't that be so obvious? Mm. Yeah. The only other yeah. direction I kind of feel like it maybe could have gone in is in kind of like Viking kind of chants. Yeah. <laughs> mm. What did you think? So if we were to, I suppose quickly enough, if we go through kind of each of the songs, uh, are there any that are like, right, this is my favourite <clears throat> or this is my least favourite? Um, Tom. Okay. Favourite, I'd have to think a little harder just to make sure that I'm not forgetting any, but the first one that comes into my head is Nurse Chapel's one because it gave a slightly different flavour than mm. most of the other songs. And did they use that again in the credits? Was that the song they used in the credits? It was the kind, credits of a kind of a Yeah, medley. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that gave something a little different. Um, least favourite song, possibly the one when they start flowing up. Um, mm. There was a few... The, the, the first sort of Waltz song, I think, got better as it went along. It started off a bit like, I don't really know what they're doing. And then they kind of waltz a bit. And then it made us think of uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the, you know, the sort of dull song. Um, oh, yeah. And, and that's, again, that's giving you so much. You're getting character. You're getting these um, great visuals. And the song really, like, 
gets stuck in your head and then this one just sort of was like eh, we're doing a waltz and now we're done so so possibly that for my least favorite um i also did like the end song just because there was a bit more power to it towards the end yeah i did i did like the big finish myself ellie same question yeah um i also enjoyed i'm ready i'm the x was also a brilliant song uh, I do have a soft spot for um, the opening number because I love like choral singing, like a big ensemble and when there's lots of harmonies and I liked that kind of maybe the second part of it when they all started singing together and it was like all system stable and all of that overlapping with each other. I just personally have a soft spot for parts like that. Least favourite, I think Keeping Secrets, watching it, I was like, eh, I'm not so sure about this. Also, because at this point, um, Una had actually sung quite a bit. And I was thinking, is anyone else going to sing? I was going to seemed- say, sorry, there's a lot of Una in this. And there was a yes. point where I was like, if we're not getting lots of other characters, why are we just getting Una with everybody? Like, I want to see something else. Yeah, that was a little bit kind of like, <laughs> oh, it's Una again. Um, but having said that, as I said earlier, listening to the soundtrack on its own, I feel like I feel differently about it when I listen to it on its own. When um, Keep Us Connected started, I was a little unsure because I I know that in musical episodes such as this where it's kind of like I'm just singing what I'm thinking as opposed to belting out a song. But I I sometimes take issue when people are almost singing for the sake of singing. So when when she started singing and it was kind of like, I'm just explaining what's going on, but I'm singing it. And I was yeah. like, is this just going to be an, a, a, an explaining song? But then then it changed to like a proper ballad and then I really enjoyed it. But when it first started and she was singing about her family and and about Hammer and I was kind of like, mm, this could be spoken. Yeah. Whereas mm. it, it didn't necessarily feel like it was a song, <laughs> but then it changed into the yeah powerful ballad that it was. And then I was like, actually, no, it's okay. I've changed my mind. I like this now. <laughs> I think Keeping Secrets is probably going to be my bottom of the mm. list as well like is, can i just get reminded which one it is in this show because that's the one where una is singing and they're on the okay, wires okay cool yeah that, i don't even remember how that song went it's it's it, to kind of agree with ellie it listening to it is a better experience than watching the sequence right yeah. um for all the reasons you, you've already said uh but yeah rebecca remain has a lovely lovely voice so yeah listening to it back um helps a lot um, but I stand by what I said in the ups and downs. It's the go for a cup of tea song. Yeah. Um, and you know, yes, that sounds quite harsh and everything, but go for a cup of tea. Um, and then, uh, favorite, favorite has been changing kind of since the episode came out. First it was Chapel, then it was Spock. Um, but I think the best overall song, both vocally and everything is, uh, Keep Us Connected. Um, Uhura's uh, big song. I do like the finale, but I think that's kind of the one that I'll probably listen to the most. Chapels is the most fun, but I think that's probably the best overall song. Right. Chapels and and also um, I can't remember what the actual title, so I've just got rid of my list. But um, Una and Kirk, they're the ones where if you're listening to it, you you, you want to start dancing around. Like I've been playing the soundtrack and just those ones come on and I'm like, let's dance. Yeah. I, I do want to give a, a, a special mention to Lan's ballad because 
when it came on, it made me think of when I was younger and I'd be watching Bugs Me Alone and I'd get to the ballad and want to oh. skip it. <laughs> but now I don't skip the ballads because I I love them. I've grown as a human being. <laughs> and mm-hmm. when I got to that, I was like, oh, this is the song I would have skipped as a kid. And I really loved just her performance and also her range. Um, let people know that I think that was a really good song. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I also want to say to the, the audience, I know I am the grumpy one, but specifically with this episode, because I love musicals so much, I have strong opinions and I, I, and I, mm. and I don't want to just say, yeah, I liked it because that's not the case that there's so many things that I have like criticisms for. And I do overall liked that they did it. I think my main thing about this episode that I liked is that it exists <laughs> rather than what happens in the episode, which I think can lead us on to a broader discussion of what are our thoughts at this moment with Strange New Worlds with the sort of jumps in tones and styles that they're doing. Uh, do we think it's working? Do we think they need to change anything? I just want to say I'm getting whiplash from the tone changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, I'm not criticizing that they're changing tones. I'm really, really not. I do love that we're getting the genre episodes. It's just particularly, um, and Ellie, you made this point just before we started um, recording as well, that of these as of recording the trailer has dropped for episode 10 so you could see that these back four are high comedy ptsd fairly high camp and comedy with the musical and then we had we look to be heading back towards you know intense war um and it's like i do love that we're getting different themes for the episodes but i actually maybe to sort of parrot a point about the musical choice it's like a bit more variety there are more than two you can have comedy and you can have serious war yeah, yeah. you know you can have other things as well and they have mm-hmm. done that in the season like for example the courtroom episode um that's heavy but it's like a positive heavy you know um and then the time travel episodes there was comedy camp to that and then it was it was nice and serious well it's just these i'm maybe i'm just noticing it because these back four are like holy crap we are swinging for the fences here i have a i feel a little bit like the the crossover and the musical needed to be spread apart a little bit more but i also feel like they've purposely put those two near the back end of the season to tease you and keep you watching but Mm. they probably would have benefited more from putting one of those earlier on so that you didn't have comedy really, really serious and then comedy again, which is like what you've just said. It did kind of, even just after going from the the crossover to to the one afterwards, even without watching the musical, I was like, whoa, this has changed. Last week was so fun and this week is very serious. I feel like they've purposely put them at the end to keep you watching, but at the cost of maybe yeah too much too much of a jump i think i said last season episode that i'm hoping if we get another season they they sort of figure out what they want from strange new worlds because that's kind of what i get from this at the moment is that they don't really know what they're looking for is it a character driven show it, it can be a character driven show and a episodic that's that uh, it's fine and it works but my struggle with it is that it feels like they don't really know what they're going for um it, it is each episode going to be a completely new thing and a complete tone shift and a complete style change that's fine 
I don't know how you can do a character-driven show that's dealing with people's emotions and and, and relationships as well as doing that unless you're using those styles and tone shifts to explore those things. But that's really hard. That's a really difficult thing to pull off um, within the space of 10 episodes. So I just, I hope there's like a more cohesive, this is what we're doing with Strange New Worlds from now on. If, if a new season comes out and I know in my head, okay, great, 10 episodes of crazy different things, I'm going to get a musical episode, I'm going to get a crossover, I'm going to get a but this and that, then fine. But I want that to be what the show is rather than halfway through, oh, things are going all over the place now and I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, that's thing you kind of expect it with Lower Decks. Yeah. You know, you, you expect it with, I was going to say, before we started watching Prodigy, we expected it with Prodigy and then, well, they kind of surprised us. Yeah. Um, and... Whereas I've nothing against a live action show doing that. And I, I actually, funny enough, you made the point of like, you know, oh, I know you're the grumpy one. And you're right. <laughs> I just want to maybe double down on that point. No, not at all. <laughs> I know sometimes when we're discussing it like this, it might sound like, Jesus, did you enjoy it at all? Yeah. It's like, no, no, we really do. Like, we love it. This is our nitpicking hour, I guess, yeah. of the of the week. Um, or actually it was going to be our praise hour of the week and then Ellie joined the pod but um, <laughs> I suppose just to kind of parrot what I was saying before I'm loving the variety and I am loving that it is different and Ellie, you mentioned the Elysian Kingdom as well like we had like basically a D&D episode of Star Trek um, which I just thought was so much fun um, and keep doing that because that's what they did you know Next Generation was an episode where they went to Sherwood Forest you know and mm. um, in fact, just to kind of test all of our memories for a second, Star Trek never does silly, right? It never did silly before Strange New Worlds. Oh. It's completely new. It doesn't do it anymore. And here are the examples of when it didn't do silly, right? So it didn't do silly when we did Plato's Stepchildren in the original series. Um, it didn't do silly when Spock had his brain removed and was still fine. Um, yeah. It didn't do silly when the Next Generation crew went to Sherwood Forest. Yeah. Um, it didn't do silly when Picard, Keiko, Guinan and Rolaren were turned into children because of a transporter malfunction, while at the same time, two for, uh, like a bunch of Ferengi took over the Federation flagship. Um, it didn't do silly when uh, Avery Brooks was singing, Hello, Moraine. Count to four, <laughs> Alamarade, then three more. Uh, and the reason I'm kind of hammering this point in is because Star Trek does silly and yeah. has done silly for so long. It didn't do silly when they went back in time to get two humpback whales in a <laughs> you know in a stolen Klingon bird of prey, and they sat down in Golden Gate Park, and no one realised. You know. No one just walked into it. <laughs> and then surely someone was going to chase Sulu for it. Sorry, I just borrowed a helicopter. You don't just borrow a helicopter. <laughs> so Star Trek does silly, right? Yeah. Um, and it has done silly and it's done it very successfully. And yes, there's sometimes when it's gone silly and it's like, this didn't work. Like, you know, we're lucky that we have so many examples of both it working and it not working and it didn't get immediately pulled because now the the, the the kind of the the current climate that we're in is that if you if you miss you're not getting picked up next season simple as yeah and that's worrying because then it makes people not take risks you know and that that, that to me 
much as I totally agree, let's get a bit more variety. Um, let's, uh, you know, the musical was great. Yes, I agree. It could have gone further. I think they could have done a bit more with it. Um, and, you know, like dial up the, the nonsense a little bit. But the thing I'd be most worried about is that if we just kept playing it safe and, you know, we know that Starship goes, meets new people, boom, 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 next episode. You know, we know that works. Great. Give us more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my that, that. Okay, I'm just going to hop off my soapbox there, folks. <laughs> well, I, I, what you said, I think, is interesting because I think a lot of people who are complaining about things like this, it being silly, etc., are. I don't want to sound patronising, but you're all stupid. No, I think you're. I think they're getting <laughs> confused with um, something being silly and something trying something silly and it not working. And I think, and I think that is the difference. Like <clears throat> my my thesis that I've come up with so far on this about Strange New Worlds, um, which I think this episode really is like a um, a great example of the things that I both like and dislike about Strange New Worlds and have problems with, is the fact that I believe Strange New Worlds is a show that believes it's it's a warm show that actually comes across cold rather than Star Trek being a cold show that comes across warm. Um, and, I th- and I think that's the thing with this episode, right, is that take TNG, it's very clinical, it's very, we do a job, we do this, blah, blah, blah. And then character moments and little comedy bits and here and there come through and you feel, like I always say, it feels like a warm blanket, even though it's a very clinical science fiction show where Strange New Worlds, I think, shows itself off as a fun, warm, uh, funny character show. But the way that it's shot, the way that it's lit, the way that it's directed, the way that it's written, it feels very sterile. Again, you've got this musical episode in these big, huge, white corridors, um, seeing people do these dance numbers through these sort of huge white tubes just leaves me feeling like, oh, okay. And I, I, for me, that's what is my issue with Strange New Worlds. And I, and I think that's what a lot of people are getting, but they're seeing it as just something silly rather than Star Trek is silly. It's just not working for you here. Does that make sense? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll get off my soapbox now. Ellie, take the <laughs> right, soapbox. Ellie, well, let's do this. I don't think I have any more to add to what you've said, to be honest. I think you've covered you've covered it. <laughs> Actually, no, there is one thing, because I mean, we're going to move on to this in a bit anyway, but um, I was talking to my mum about Voyager um, and how things have changed with the times where there are moments in Voyager where I would like to see more character development and more continuation of stories beyond one episode. But the nature of the show then was that it was episodic and things were forgotten about. Whereas now it's kind of, you kind of hold on to those, those little moments and they, they inform things later on. Like if you look at the whole La'an Kirk thing, that didn't happen in one episode and then get forgotten about. It's been like a thread of her character now for the rest of this the rest of this um, season. I think maybe people who are used to seeing the kind of original Star Trek are thrown by that in these newer ones, whereas people who are now used to kind of nowadays TV are kind of looking at some of the stuff that Strange New Worlds is approaching and going, well, why why haven't you not... Because Strange New Worlds is kind of trying to find that balance in some areas is is succeeding and then maybe in some areas people are feeling a little bit 
thrown around because they're not entirely sure what they need to remember and what they need to ignore. Should we rate this episode and move on? Okay, Ellie. What? Sorry. I was completely away with the fairies then. <laughs> Final thoughts on rating. Final thoughts on rating. Okay. Um, my rating, I would give it, I'll go with an eight. It's an eight because it could have done more. I think it it did well. It was bold to attempt it. It was necessary to take that step. But as we've said, there were parts of it that I wished had gone further. But overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I will parrot that. That's my phrase of the day. I will parrot that. (laughs) Um, And yes, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it deserves the high score because for all the reasons, it took the swing, you know, it like it took the chance. There are people who and look, I'm the last person to criticize anyone singing. There are people who clearly aren't singers who are given it sucks. And I think it works because it's it works in the context of the episode, which, which is perfectly fine. Uh, so I'm going to give it an eight as well. Um, I think that it would be a massive shame if we don't try, if maybe not this exactly again, but something kind of high camp fantasy again. Um also, I'm just throwing out the words Star Trek meets Drag Race, and I'm just going to leave that kind of chaos there in the in the, in the ether. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. So uh, Anna gave it a strong four. Um, I'm probably going around a light five, so around that space. Um, again, if I can sum it up, um, one of the campest... TV shows has made one of the most mundane musical episodes. That's my problem with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wanted more. Didn't get it. Glad they took a swing. Happy they exists. If they've done it and they want to do it again, brilliant. They can build on it. Um, But at the moment. Sorry. Joking on my rage here. Okay. No, that is, that is great. Uh, And also, do we pl- do we include this in the edit, please? I really appreciate Anna's thoughts as well because it's it's one thing we're coming at this as Trekkies. I'm just speaking for all of us here. Um, Anna has legit training in musical theatre as well, so it's really interesting to hear from a completely like almost separate um, yeah, yeah. analysis point of view, which is which I really like because I mean. You know me. No, I'm not at all biased. I like Star Trek. Everything is <laughs> yeah. great. Yay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, sorry. Yay, Anna. Thank you very much. You're awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Love you. <laughs> oh, I love you too. Uh, cool. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. For over two centuries... You're listening to the Federation News Network. Shall we swiftly move on to news before Ellie vomits as myself and Tom just declare our undying love for each other? I'll just leave the call. I'll leave you two alone. (laughs) Oh, Ellie, are you still here? Um, Okay, so uh, news. We do have news um, and it's really cool and it's Prodigy related. And it's not bad news either. (laughs) Which is also quite lovely, yeah. Shall we go to our resident Janeway hologram for this news? Is that me? I think that means me. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so um, if you weren't aware, Star Trek Las Vegas was this past weekend. And we were treated to uh, a fight. It was about five minutes. I think it was just under five minutes clip of season two of Star Trek Prodigy. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had some... Very exciting reveals in this clip. Most importantly, Robert Picardo returning as our favourite EMH. And also we were treated to the Voyager A, which is so exciting. Um, That was so cool. Yes. Um, Sorry, by the way, I completely agree with you that, yes, most importantly is the return of Robert Picardo. Um, My inner ship nerd is like, and almost as importantly is the reveal <laughs> of Voyager A. Uh, I just really want it because I so I only learned this like yesterday and I feel like I've just slept. Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll explain what I learned. I feel like I've just slept through my entire. I love. Right, Sean, thoughts. Hollywood history. Yes, that's exactly where I was going with this. Um, so <laughs> old Hollywood history. I find it fascinating um, and the Voyager A is a Lamar class starship named for Hedy Lamar. So I was aware of her as an as an actor of the 20th century. I thought, oh, cool, okay, grand. And my first re- my first response was like, okay, random. Great, yeah. <laughs> so then I jump over onto Wikipedia, and it's now shocked me that it's taken this long for there to be a Lamar class ship because. Uh, people might probably already know this, but for those who don't, Hedy Lamarr, uh, along with avant-garde composer George Antile, make sure I got that name right, which I did, um, they developed during World War II this new guidance system for Allied torpedoes that used spread spectrum and frequency hopping to prevent the torpedoes being jammed by the Axis powers. And I just want to say that again, like, you know, for anyone who just says, oh, they're just an actor directly aided in the Allied victory during World War II. I mean, like, that's impressive. And the fact that it's taken this long to become a Lamar-class ship, which is just incredible. Um, And to me, the ship looks like um, an Intrepid class, a Sovereign class, and a Nova class all had an orgy and made this ship. So Sean's happy. 
<laughs> basically yes because it sounds like many people were happy uh yes which was fantastic and also yes with the uh, oh somebody some I, I i full credit sorry to whoever put this tweet out so i apologize for not having the handle handy but someone made the point it's like what does a hologram gotta do to drop the emergency moniker from the name it's still like oh the emh no just the doctor like yeah. you know but and, the and the fact that he still doesn't have a name <laughs> yeah although i maintain joe is a good name. That is a good name, yeah. You know, there was something also that was revealed in this that may be worth noting. Um, obviously, at the moment, we still don't know where season two of Prodigy is going to end up. Yes. Um, but it was, they did say, the Hagemans did say that um, they, they're, they're still completing season two. It's still, they're about halfway through. Um, and they were, I can't remember the exact numbers. Was it 90% sure? 99% oh, sure. He was 100% sure. 100%, there you go. That he was there, that, that they were 99% going to be um, shared or picked up somewhere else. Yeah, so they are massively optimistic. Um, so we should all be too. Anyone who's been following Ellie's journey recently on socials will know that... Uh, she is currently in mourning mm-hmm. because twenty. Have to say it again. Twenty-two years <laughs> after Endgame aired, which I remember vividly watching with my dad. Ellie's just watched Endgame. Ellie has finished Star Trek Voyager. Ellie, what, how are you feeling? I'm very sad. I was really enjoying this journey, and I knew it would come to an end at some point. But it didn't make it any less heartbreaking when I got to the end. <laughs> I um thoroughly enjoyed Voyager very, very, very much. And now I don't really know what to do with myself. <laughs> will you go back and do a rewatch or oh, will absolutely. you do how, the right thing and go long? back and watch DS9? Oh, well, I'll get there as well. But like, how long is an acceptable amount of time to leave before I start it again? <laughs> I think by the time you watch Endgame, it's okay to start with Caretaker. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. when I try to think back to those earlier episodes, I am kind of like, wow, that was a long time ago. That's a lot of episodes ago. Maybe I need to refresh my memory. <laughs> I, I have finished seasons and gone the same night, gone directly back to the beginning and started watching it again. I think it will only be a very short matter of time before I do begin a yeah. rewatch, I think. Yeah, where do right. you want to go next? DS9, Enterprise? I mean, it's DS9, but do you want to do a DS9? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I am going to do DS9 now. I've had a lot of people kind of berate me for having skipped it in the first place. Um but it was more a case of I wasn't watching it on my own. I was watching it with my mum. And yeah, we watched a yeah. few and weren't weren't gripped instantly. And so we kind of thought, well, let's move on, see how we feel about this. And then we can always go back. But then we got, well, I got really hooked on Voyager. So that's kind of where we continued. DS9, um, without sounding uh, like it was how it was going to sound, isn't a gripper at the beginning, I'd say. Um, it does. It's It's... This line is such a character show that you really need to put some time into it before you mm. start. Because when I first caught it when I was younger, I remember thinking that it was the stupidest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> I remember seeing Quark and Odo talking and just being like, what is this? Um, but then a few years down the line, you go, oh, Quark and Odo are talking. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so it does, it does take some time. I think that's the thing about Voyager. I mean, I think I've, I mean... Don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of Star Trek I need to watch. But I think at this point, I've watched enough to be able to say with a bit more certainty that I think Voyager 
is my favorite and will remain my favorite. I always used to say The Next Generation because it was the only one I'd seen a significant amount of. But I think the thing about Voyager that grips me is there's there's a th- something to be invested in from the very beginning, that they're on a journey. And whereas kind of, say, The Next Generation, you know, you watch them exploring and they go to different planets, there's no there's no end game, if you pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> there's no end game as much where you watch Voyager, you know from the very first episode that you're going to follow them on this journey to get home. And so when you're watching, you're investing yourself in in their in their journey to get home. And I think that's what really grips me about it is you want to see if they succeed and you want to see how they succeed or if they succeed. Let's do some quick, what are some of your highlights, favourite episodes, mm-hmm. uh, favourite characters, and then oh, reverse least yep. favourite episodes, least favourite characters. Okay. So I've been waiting to talk about this. Me and Sean have had this discussion many a time. Before I started watching, because of based on my favourite characters in anything I've seen, everyone kept saying to me, you're going to love Janeway. Janeway's going to be your favourite. You're going to love her. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> they were right. Of course, they were all right. Yeah. Um. So Janeway mm-hmm. is my favourite character. Basically, any any show I watch, my favourite characters are usually a female character, kind of middle-aged, like not the young female character, not the ones that necessarily you'd think I would relate to, not the young, yeah. like 20-year-olds or whatever. You're usually kind of middle-aged, usually in some sort of position of power, but most importantly are driven by their vulnerabilities. They have moments where they shine as this powerful figure, but there are also moments where you see something else in them that reminds you that they're still human and it allows for more development in the character. And I think that's something that Janeway does. You know, She's got so much responsibility on her shoulders and yet you do have, I personally would like to have seen it more, but Again, as we said earlier, it, of the time, they probably didn't have the guts to go that far. But there were moments and hints of of that vulnerability. If you look, if you look at the episode Night, where she does start to question all the decisions she's made, and you start to see the impact that all of this this responsibility has on her as an individual. Um, so, favorite character, Janeway, always. <laughs> <laughs> um, episode wise. Again, I've already said this as well. I am a shameless Janeway Chakotay shipper. Yeah, which is, to me, the funniest thing that's come out of your watch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's just so obvious. I think the way it's played, the chemistry between them, the fact that it was clearly set up to be that at some point and then was quickly kind of vetoed and ignored, but you can't erase all the chemistry that was already there. So in terms of favourite episodes, Resolutions is high up there just for the sheer JC of it um and it's one that is also just an, a good watch like you can put that one on it's nothing too strenuous it's i just enjoy it um but other highlights i would say tinker tenor doctor spy i really enjoyed right mm-hmm. that was a brilliant episode i also really liked deadlock when you had the I two versions deadlock. yeah i mean i could go on for ages with many many episodes someone asked me the other day what my favorite episode was and i think i put like 10 episodes in the list which in the grand scheme of things isn't actually that many when you think about how many episodes there actually are yeah but i feel like you kind of want a condensed answer and so i would say those i had a particular soft spot for the killing game just because it combined my favorite character with my favorite time period which just 
filled my vintage soul with mm. love and hope and joy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say they're, they're my highlights. I also really enjoyed um, seeing Q with a very different kind of dynamic between Q and Janeway as opposed to Q and Picard. On the flip side, if we're looking at characters and, and episodes that I didn't enjoy so much, um, I don't know that there's a character that I really disliked. I know a lot of people take issue with Neelix and personally... I didn't find him as bad as I was expecting to based on what people had said. I think, you know, it's no secret how Brie feels about Neelix. And so I went in thinking, I'm not going to like this character. He's going to be really annoying. And actually, there were a few moments where I was like, oh, shut up, Neelix. But actually, in general, I thought he was actually not that bad. Kess did get a little bit annoying after a while, I'll admit. But also, she left, so... <laughs> we, we could do a whole, and I would happily do a whole podcast episode on just the missed opportunity and the poor planning that was Kess as a character. Um, mm-hmm. Because the original, original, original Bible for this character was super interesting. Mayfly, yeah. you only have such a tiny amount of time to live. What do you do with that time? Yeah. And then you can't get, sorry, I, 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 right, I'm on my soapbox again. You can't take <laughs> a character where the entire point of them is the countdown clock over their head and make them a background bit part player, which is what happened to Kess. <laughs> yeah, I just I just found her, I think, yeah, maybe she was a bit two-dimensional. There wasn't quite enough there and she started to just get a bit annoying and repetitive. Let's, before we move on, mm-hmm. as as I like to do, Ellie, out of 10, what are you giving Voyager? <laughs> <laughs> 10. Easy 10. <laughs> wow. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I'm so sad it's over. I mean, I guess it kind of continues with Prodigy, but it's just not quite the same. Folks, make sure to return for Ellie's next venture into wherever, wherever we go next. Wherever we go next. DS9. I haven't decided yet. Probably <laughs> DS9. I haven't decided. Every- maybe I'll just maybe I'll just start Voyager again and you can watch me watch it again. <laughs> Every everyone here listening to this podcast, get uh, get out there and use hashtag Ellie for DS9 and keep <laughs> tweeting her until she agrees to sit down and watch what is, in my opinion, the best iteration of Star Trek. So for our, for our final part of this episode, normally we do Cargo Bay 101, but Chris is asleep this morning, so we've decided to go completely off script. So what we're doing instead is we did a shout out during the ups and downs for the musical episode of we know that they sent, you know, um, this lovely song from the Great American Songbook into the subspace fold, which is why the episode became a musical. So we posited the question, what song would you send into the fold? So um, I think my first one was like, be interesting to put in Toxic by Britney Spears because Anson Mount appeared in Crossroads with Britney Spears about 20 years ago. So wibbly wobbly. I love it. Yeah, we got, we got, a, we got a bunch of responses. A lot of them uh, are the same sort of thing. I've got one here from at Joker019, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. We got a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Life on Mars. Um Ooh. Which have been been good. Um, I would have loved them to put life on Mars through, and then the whole thing is like David Bowie themed. That would have been amazing. I mean, like Ashes to Ashes and and things like that. The TV show, I mean, not the song. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Sabotage. We got obviously for Star Trek reasons. This uh, at Ian M Santos put, and this is for this is a niche one for uh, fans of the band Corn. 
Uh, he put Adidas, A-D-I-D-A-S, standing for All Day I Dream About Subspace, um, which for corn fans know that it's not subspace. That's at the end of that sentence. We got one from at Cormag75. Uh, they choose Walking on the Moon by the Police, which I think is a great pick. The Final Countdown by Europe, which I think would have been good. <laughs> Um, and Space Oddity by David Bowie. So a lot of space-themed songs. Is mm-hmm. there any song we would choose? I'm thinking maybe something. Do you know the song Dancing Fall? It's in the musical uh, Copacabana. Oh, okay. It's, it's got that kind of like uh, high-energy, like brass kind of musical feel, which I think this episode would have needed <laughs> to <laughs> give us some variety and some energy. Ellie, what would you... Put into the fold. I was trying to think. Do you know a song that I just love to play? I just think it's brilliant. Is Bonnie Tyler's "Holding Out for a Hero"? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That would have been a great choice as well. <laughs> I really yeah. want to see that now, but like, I want to put "Holding Out for a Hero" over, like, I don't know, a, a scene of you know a hero ship swooping into a battle or something. Enterprise E in first contact, you know, as it arrives uh, in front yeah. of the defiant, like that in front of the Borg, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, that 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 would be good. Okay, everyone who who is in charge of rights and things, let's make this happen. Thank you, everybody for listening to this manic episode of the Trek Culture Podcast. Everyone, that's that's okay. We, we will release you. Thank you so much, Tom Ellie. You're awesome as always. We have a, a lovely family reunion coming up next week. It's the finale of Strange New Worlds. So it's going to be the three of us and the wonderful Chris is going to join us again next week. We're going to get our thoughts on Strange New Worlds as a whole, as well as the final episode. Um, Make sure that you're following the pod. Please, 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 if you can, uh, drop a quick review on your various podcatchers for this because that seriously helps the reach of the podcast. So thank you so much to everyone who has already done that. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Triculture. We're on Instagram at TriCultureYT. I'm at Sean Ferrick on the various socials. We've got at Tom C. Finn, or at Tom Roberts Finn. We've also got at E. Little Child. Uh, and Chris is at Edit Chris Edit. Have I forgot anything? Go. No. Hashtag Save Star Trek Prodigy. Hashtag Save Star Trek Prodigy. <laughs> Woo! All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Yes, are all bleeding legends. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.